You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. It's a time-honored Hollywood tradition. If something has been a hit on the big screen, find some way to transfer it to television. Now, a few things will change. The budget, for one. Probably the entire cast. Oh, and the writers, directors, and producers, too. If you're lucky, maybe there will be some stock footage from the movie that started it all. Or maybe they'll film at the same location. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci-Fi 5. Five minutes of science fiction history for September 16th. And this is the story of how Logan's Run stumbled from the cinematic sci-fi spectacle of 1976 to a short-lived TV trivia answer in 1977. It wasn't the smoothest run Logan could have asked for. The television series, which premiered on this day in 1977, originally went into development as a movie sequel shortly after the 1976 feature film of the same name, which starred Michael York and Jenny Agutter, joined late in the movie by the venerable and very bearded Peter Ustinov and his motley collection of cats, possibly the one character in the movie audiences could identify with the easiest. There were two other books in the Logan's Run series to adapt, after all. Saul David, the producer of the movie, was overseeing the sequel when it was taken out of his hands and moved to MGM's television department, where it was now in the care of proven hitmakers who had been involved in shows such as Mannix, Charlie's Angels, and Hawaii Five-0. Surely a recipe for sci-fi success. Saul David wasn't happy, to put it mildly. And there was copious use of the movie's opening miniature shots of the City of Domes and the Carousel Ritual, but that wasn't the only shortcut taken. Where it took most of the running time of the 1976 movie to get Logan and Jessica outside of the artificial environment of the domes to escape society's requirement that people approaching the age of 30 report to carousel of their own free will to meet their end and make way for the next generation of the young, the TV pilot got Logan and Jessica outside before the first commercial break so it could start spinning its own story. The TV series adaptation of Logan's Run starred Gregory Harrison as Logan, a few years before the role of Gonzo on Trapper John M.D. made him a bankable star, as well as Heather Menzies as Jessica. Randy Powell took over the role of Francis, who, like Logan, was a Sandman, charged with capturing runners, trying to escape the death that awaited them at 30. Unlike Logan, however, Francis was sticking to the Sandman's script, and was now relentlessly hunting down his former partner week after week. The movie's British leads had been turned into all-American series leads, though this was balanced out by adding a new character, Rem, played by the wonderfully quirky Donald Moffat. Rem had a story function familiar to anyone who had ever watched Star Trek. He was forever commenting on human foibles and strengths. That's no coincidence either. The story editor of Logan's Run was none other than DC Fontana, fresh from the short and troubled run of The Fantastic Journey on NBC. Fontana not only made Rem this show Spock, but she called upon a deep bench of former Star Trek collaborators to come in and write Logan's run scripts. David Gerald, under his infamous pseudonym Noah Ward, John Meredith Lucas, and even Harlan Ellison. So you have top-flight writing talent, hovercraft vehicles created by Dean Jeffries auto-styling, and it's just a few months after Star Wars premiered. How could Logan not run to the top of the ratings? Sadly, Logan's run was cut short by not one, but two disastrous scheduling decisions. The pilot and the first couple of one-hour episodes premiered on Friday nights, in the same time slot of doom that had killed Star Trek in 1969. 
But then it got worse. CBS shifted the series to Monday nights, where it was soundly squashed by the juggernaut that was ABC's Monday Night Football. No matter how awesome their hovercraft or their adventures were, Logan, Jessica, and Rem never stood a chance against the NFL. And we never found out why there was a top-secret cabal of 50-somethings sentencing Dome residents to their doom at the age of 30. What was up with that? This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for September 16th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.